to let him tell her in his own time. If she was lucky, it would have to do with his bid to become junior partner at his firm. If not, that was too dark to think about. Perhaps it would go away on its own. Perhaps she would be lucky enough for him never to tell her. At least he had made an effort to be present on their vacation, at the Alamo on their way west, but especially at Dodge City, where he had faked death so extravagantly at a freckly boy's kapow and finger shot that Glendon had giggled for a full minute after. If Robert submerged within himself on the return trip, at least his son had a bag of little plastic cowboys to play with now. They passed a hitchhiker, a young Negro wearing a dirty white T-shirt, greasy jeans stuffed down into combat boots that he might or might not have marched in recently. It was getting harder to tell the counterculture folks from the ex-soldiers, the ones who wore fatigues ironically from those who owned little more than their government-issued clothes. Robert thought about stopping, his father's knee-jerk bigotry skirmishing with his desire never to be his father. He might have stopped if he hadn't had his family with him. He had done some hitchhiking on summer trips while he was in college and knew what it was to rely on kindness. Judith loved it that she knew those stories, loved it that she knew he was tempted to stop for the man as well as why he didn't. She put her hand on his knee, turned her wild blue eyes to search for his, caught them, got a smile from him. Was every marriage a seesaw of joy and disappointment? She thought so. If marriages didn't need divine assistance to survive, weddings wouldn't be held in churches. We'll be okay, she thought. I'm imagining things. The little boy was alone with the moon, his hand now planing the air up and down, a dolphin riding waves of wind. The black Camaro came from the Klein's Corners exit where Route 285 intercepted Interstate 40. Santa Fe lay to the north on 285, but this car nosed its way onto the ramp that came from the south, from the scrublands leading up from Encino. Just half an hour earlier, its driver and two passengers had been sleeping in an abandoned gas station off 285, wild with weeds and painted with rust, as had the occupants of the red GTO racing to catch up with it. Well, one of those two had slept in the gas station. The driver had been sleeping in the trunk. The first car opened up when it hit the highway, its 350 V8 growling high and pushing it toward the rising moon. The second car followed after. The Camaro's taillights flashed when the driver saw the hitchhiker, but the driver said, Dirty, and kept on. The Pontiac slowed too, but didn't stop, its driver too proud to take the first car's leavings. The highway, relatively new, yawned east with little traffic on it. And the two muscle cars plowed on at better than ninety, unafraid of patrolmen, unconcerned that a javelina or armadillo might wander out laterally from the scrub. They passed a pickup truck full of sad-eyed Mexicans, this going so slowly it seemed to be standing still when the twin comets streaked by it, the driver of the red car flicking his glowing cigarette behind him as he passed the butt erupting in a shower of sparks against the pickup's windshield, earning a bird finger from the driver, a fellow with a nearly formless cowboy hat and a road map of wrinkles. The gesture seemed so funny coming from such a wizened figure that the GTO's driver laughed, as did the man riding shotgun, a very large, very pale individual with a filthy neck brace. The next car they crept up on was doing a fair clip itself, 
perched in the fast lane like nobody would ever want to pass. A newish Ford Falcon, bone white, its perfectly round taillights looking to the driver of the Camaro less like a raptor and more like the wide-set eyes of a disinterested fish. He was fairly sure the Falcon's driver wasn't even aware of them yet. The Camaro's headlights were still off, sleeping behind the hideaway doors and the grill. The tiniest bit of light remained in the sky to the west, though the sun was twenty minutes down. A young boy's arm jutted out from the Falcon's rear passenger side window. Looky, looky, said the Camaro's driver, a small, boyish man with a blond James Dean cut licking his lips. He slid into the right lane without signaling, backed off his speed, eased up into the Falcon's blind spot. He said, Feel like fishing? Yeah, the tall man in the back said. The driver.